So, so wait a minute. You're going to tell me that after how many wins in a row? Everybody talking about, oh, Brian Cashman saved the team and, uh, Oh, everybody who wanted Aaron Boone fired. Well, they don't know what they're talking about. And then um, conversely, seems that while it may be still a little too late, the Mets are starting to make a turnaround. But you know what? Both of these regimes are diseased. Tell me about it. I am sick of both regimes. I'm sick of Brian Cashman pulling his butt out of the fire at the end of every season with a blockbuster trade that saves his job. I'm tired of the new look Mets with new ownership with the same guy in charge in Sandy Alderson hiring sexual predators and not knowing how to build a roster again. Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor with their little fake ass apologies. I am sick of the state of New York baseball. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. How much worse can it get? Well, we're about to tell you that right now. This is downtown sports. This is where sports come home. And just a week ago, by the way, I'm the Beast of the East, John Perriente, along with my co-host and out of the South, John Schiavone. And, I'm uh, upset. We're both upset. And we have every right to be upset, right? You just talked about the Mets. You know, they just the other day, they apologized for doing thumbs down and, and turning on their beloved fans. It was stupid when the Yankees did it. It showed arrogance that they did not deserve to have. And um, I don't know about you, but the first time that you hear something happy getting thrown your way, you're going to put thumbs down. We should be saying thumbs down to you. You're still below 500. Yeah, but only two games now. And the Mets are actually only five back in the National League East after they were eight back at one point. I know. Well, they've made up a little ground. The Braves, uh, the Braves now are going through what the Mets went through. They're playing the Dodgers. And they're on the verge of getting swept. Well... That could be just what the doctor ordered for the match, if you think about it. Well, I mean, uh, everybody was talking about this 13-game run, and they just assumed the Braves are going to go on winning games, even though they had a very similar run against the NLS they have to go through, right? And suddenly the Phillies are back to four games over 500 after they were hovering at 500 below just a week ago. We're down well, the home stretch, guys. We're in September now. And the you know what? Of the year. And you know what? The Mets finished the month. Even though, how many wins in a row did they rattle off here? They've won four in a row, while the Yanks have lost four in a row. Well, the Mets finished. The, the Mets needed a four-game winning streak to finish the month of August 13 and 17. And then the Yankees immediately start to just give back every game. So what? Twelve in a row has now thirteen only... in a row has now become four in a row. They've lost. Now. Yep. So you've only now gained nine games. By the way, how many games back are the Yankees from the Rays? We're now eight back. All four losses. Rays oh. won all four. Oh no! The four that we lost. So, we're but I thought back. everybody was gonna. I thought the Yanks were gonna win the division. 
Well, it's looking like that's going to be a wild card now. The Red Sox, thankfully, are playing the Rays, and they can't even beat them. So the Yankees remain still ahead of the Rays. Although the A's, you have to look out for. They could sweep that second wild card if uh, under the Red Sox nose if they're not careful. And who knows? Maybe the A's could get on a run, and then we have then the Yankees have to worry even more if the A's start coming. Yeah. Well, let's see where the Mets are. The Mets are at least seven to eight games back of any wild card spot. So the only thing that they could do is win the division. That's her five and a half back in the East. Five and a half back in the East. And in the wild card picture, uh, what are they? Seven and a half, eight games back of the Padres and the Reds. Let's take a look at that. In the wild card, the Mets are. Oh, goodness. Five and a half back in the wild card. Oh, so we've moved up. Yeah, How so nice. Five and a half in both the division and the wild card. The uh, pod, the Reds and the Padres are tied for the second wild card at this very moment. The Phillies are two and a half back. The Cardinals are two and a half back. Oh, they've come back. Jack yeah. Flaherty and, uh, well. And then Jack Flaherty got hurt again. And then Jack Flaherty went back on the I.L. Yeah, well. But Wainwright's been carrying the load. And, again, Mets are five and a half back. So, still, there's still about a month left and anything could happen. As we're kind of getting our uh, – as we kind of just tintillated our taste buds a little bit going through these two teams. Oh, my God. We have a four-piece we have to dive into now, don't we? And I couldn't okay. think of a better four-piece than by our man, Crystal Large, our statistician. It's a Greek edition of a four-piece for Major League Baseball. I think it's okay. very, uh, very appropriate. And let's go to our, uh, our nice opening meal of a Greek dinner. A good appetizer. You have a you have your hot and your cold Metse platters, hot and cold appetizers. You know falafels, mm. your spanakopita. I, I want that stuffed grape leaves. Where's where stuffed are those? Grape leaves, spanakopita. You name it. So here's our opening question, and it's about the thumbs down. Has Javi Baez reached Bobby Bonilla level with his thumbs down celebration? Did Javi Baez really go to that extreme? What do you mean Bobby Bonilla level? Well, like, I don't know. I mean, the fact of what that the hard. Met fans not liking him. I well, mean, very heavily the other night against the Marlins, he was booed when he came up to that play. The Met fans let him hear it. Yeah, because who the hell are you to tell us that we have to cheer like mindless sheep? I'm sorry. Even if there was something to cheer for, I wouldn't cheer now because then, you yeah. what thumbs down. <laughs> And then oh, that the stupid... Yankees popularized thumbs down. You know, when they did thumbs down, it was a good thing. You know, yeah, they, they it went was to the... stupid then. And they nearly and went to the World Series. Now. They... And that nearly took them to the World Series. It was stupid then. And it's stupid now. It really is. I don't need to see this. Oh, thumbs down, thumbs down. Oh, you should be cheering us even when we're down. What? I, I, I... And I love how Javi Baez thought that he was going to get an easier time with the media in New York City. That was the other thing that shocked me. Mm. He thought it was going to be easier for him. He was going to have a better time with the media than he did in Chicago. Boy, you have no idea what media is until you've stepped into this city. The, the homeless guy down the street has probably done baseball interviews. OK, I'm, I'm telling you, the media is all around you. New York media eats Chicago's media for breakfast. Yes, we do. Okay? Easily. 
we, we put some powdered sugar and some maple syrup on that. You know, that's kind of what we do here in this city. So if you don't play well, we're going to let you know. And uh, you can think of us as like the Joe Bastianich and Gordon Ramsay of fans. OK, here, here's what our city's about. You play well, you're a god here. How many years has David Wright's reputation remained? How many years did it remain sterling, even though he was on the IL over and over and over again? Because David Wright never let himself be a distraction. He didn't say to the world, oh, I'm going to thumbs down my fans. Uh, he didn't let himself get into trouble uh, outside of the ballpark. And-, and he was regarded like a god in this city. Derek Jeter. Yeah, a couple of off the field, you know, trysts. Very little things. It was not, but not nothing, nothing major. Nothing to the extreme of bias. It was nothing. But to he came out and he never put a thumbs down to the fans. You know, he never did anything like that. You know what? The city regarded him as a god. I want you guys to look at Brandon Nemo. I want Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor to take a look at Brandon Nemo. Do you know what he was doing the other night? There was a day game. After a night game, right? It was about midnight, 1230, one in the morning, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. After the game is over, yep. parking lot's basically clear. Yep. And there's a few cars and then a lot of people standing around one guy. Mm-hmm. And it was Brendan Nemo. And he was out there signing autographs until 1230. So when you guys start putting thumbs down at fans... And then you wonder why guys like Brendan Nimmo get cheered so much. Because he cares. Take a look at the actions that you are doing and the actions that he is doing. Guess what? Nimmo is actually getting on base. Nimmo is contributing to the offense. Nimmo isn't an embarrassment. Yeah. There you go. Care about your fans. Something Javi Baez will have to learn. Somewhere else. Somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Thank God we didn't sign him. All right. Let's go to the next piece of our Greek meal. Let's go to the souvlaki. Ah, yes, I think you've had souvlaki, nice little meat and pita bread mm-hmm. with cheese. Let's go to our souvlaki, and we got, for this question, will the Reds win the second wild card over the Padres, Phillies, and Cardinals? Well, I didn't even put the Mets in that. But that's well, the Mets okay. are only five and a half back. I mean, this Well, now they're, they're starting to play again, like the Mets. To, yeah, perhaps... Starting. We throw the Mets, well, we could throw the Mets in there if you'd like. We can throw. I don't. Them. I don't know. I still say their season's dead. Okay. So, do you think the Reds will win the second wild card? Truthfully, they they really have no business winning. They have no business being there. No, they don't. The only reason they're there today is because San Diego screwed up so royal. The only reason the Reds are in the position that they are in. The only reason the Cardinals are two and a half games out. Only reason the Phillies are two and a half games out is because the Padres, ever since the All-Star break, have pretty much imploded. Well, nobody's really been running away with anything in the wild card this year. Nobody's really run away with anything in their division for the most part. I mean, obviously the Giants and the Dodgers are the class of the West, so the Padres can forget about that. Mm. Um and uh, they can forget about wild card number one because it's going to be whoever loses the division fight. 
And if you get wild card number two, you're going to have to play the Dodgers. Just so as you know, suddenly the Dodgers have closed the gap on the Giants. They're only a half a game now behind them for first place. Well, they've always been anywhere between four and... But this is as close as they've been in a while, and the Giants and Dodgers still have to play each other next week. Well... It's going to be a big series. Actually, this weekend, I believe it is. The Giants need to win that division more than the Dodgers do. If the Giants don't win that division, that's a team going into a one-game playoff with a team like the Reds or the Padres. That's not good. If I'm the Giants, I've got to make sure I win that division because you can't afford to get, like, you know, a little bit of jitters or a little bit of nerves going into that three-game wild card. Definitely. Can't afford that. This is going to be a fun little finish. I, I, we're in the last month, and now this is where teams really start to put everything out there, leave it all on the field. This is where we get to now. Short answer, the Padres should not they, – they, they should be the second wild card. You think it will be the Padres? I think it should be the Padres with all the talent that they supposedly have on that team. Fernando Tatis Jr. is back. Machado's hitting. Yeah. But again, point is, Tatis is still a little banged up from his injuries. You have to worry about that. I would say don't sleep on the Reds. I'm not. I really not sleep on them. They I'm not. But really... the point, but the point of the matter is, the Reds should not be here. So it's a disgrace that the, that we're even talking about this. If you're San Diego, it's a disgrace that we're even talking this That's way. On San, That's on San Diego. I hate to break it to you. Yep, that is. Let's go now. Let's go to the main entree of our Greek meal. It's our delicious moussaka, mm. eggplant. Basically, your eggplant with meat version of a Greek lasagna. That's what that baby is. Let's yes. go to our third question. Red Sox, Rays, Brewers, Giants, Braves, Dodgers, A's, Blue Jays, or Dodgers, Giants. The question is, which of these five series will have the most impact on the road to the postseason? Dodgers, Giants. Dodgers, Giants, you say. Okay. Dodgers, Giants, I say, and here's why. Okay. Because if the Giants win and the Dodgers are the wild card. I'm pretty sure the Dodgers are going through whoever that second wild card is. So you will have San Francisco versus LA in round one. If the Dodgers win that division and the Giants become the wild card, very good chance the Giants could be out of the playoffs before the divisional round. In fact, that's what I think would happen to them. Mm -hmm. So... Though that is going to be the series that changes it all because the entire national league is really pretty much dependent upon the Dodgers winning the NL West in order to get the giants into a situation where they have to win two out of three. And that's when they can get picked off. Mm. That's when they can get picked off by a reds or a Padres. Remember, everybody's been waiting for the Giants' collapse. Good come in the postseason, especially if they lose that division. I think also, uh, and normally I, I would agree with you on the Dodgers' Giants, but I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction here. Oakland is a wild card. The, the Red Sox-Rays series is actually going to get very interesting now because not only are the Red Sox, have not only have they floundered the second half, now they're going through what the Yankees went through, a COVID outbreak. And now half their team is out. Uh, Xander Bogarts had to leave yesterday's game. He tested positive for COVID. So now look at where the Red Sox are with about 30 games left. 
Their team now half now now the team is starting to get sick. Half your guys are going to be on the COVID IL for a couple like ten days. Where are the Red Sox going to be when a third of that thirty days is over? Mm-hmm. You go through about ten of those games. You have twenty left. Where are the Red Sox going to be by then? Then you're looking at maybe Oakland could sneak in for that second wild card. The Blue Jays are still hanging around. I know they're still quite a ways behind, but the Jays are still there. Got to be wary of that. For me, I'd have to say Red Sox Rays because right, right now the Rays can just bury the Red Sox right here in this series. They've already taken the first two games and they could sweep it right here. Yeah, but I think everybody pretty much knows the Rays are going to win the A oh, at yeah. least. I, I, I've been calling it since the pretty much the beginning of the year. Even when Boston was in first, we both of us still called this division for the Rays. And uh, it's looking like it now. It's more and more looking like it with each and every passing day. Yep. Now we go to the final piece of our four piece, our dessert. Now it's between really two good desserts, uh, but I really looked at this very carefully. What is the real national dessert of Greece? Now we originally had said Galacto Bereko, but something a little better is more of the national Greek dessert, and it's called Bugatsa. Ugatsa. It's very similar to a Galacta Borrego, just a little bit thinner crust, layer of custard than what normally makes up a Borrego, a Galacto Borrego. But you know what? We'll make both of them the dessert. I think it's very fair. AKA our final Greek pastry. Yeah. The Galacto Borrego and the Bugatsa for our final dessert piece of the four piece. Did the Yankees winning 13 of the last 16 games? Well, in this case, now the Yankees have lost four in a row, so 13 of the last 17 games. Have they saved both Brian Cashman and manager Aaron Boone's job? No. 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 They should both be gone. Oh, and by the way, there's a slight chance, albeit ever so slight. Yanks might not even make the playoffs. That the Yanks could play themselves out of contention if they keep they this will. up. Oh, they're probably going to. I've, I know I started to have a little hope, but then the inconsistencies of this team returned. Last night, the Yankees hit into five double plays. Mm-hmm. You know how many Joey Gallo's hit into in his whole career up until he joined the Yanks? He hit into nine double plays his entire career. And in the last seven games, he's hit into about five in his last seven or so at bats. Three in his last seven, I believe it was. It's a little disturbing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you know what Mr. else disturbed Rizzo. me? Aaron Boone completely Aaron Boone changed the lineup back to how it was during the bad parts of our season. Velasquez not in the lineup. He went back to DHing Stanton. Voigt's oh, not man. even in the lineup at the moment. You're pinch hitting him the last two games. Gardner's playing center field. I don't know why. Why isn't Stanton in the mind. outfield? The, the second they put an outfielder's glove on him, he was hitting. And now you put Stan back in the DH, and yeah, he's been hitting okay, but the double plays came back. He hasn't struck out, thank goodness, but he's been hitting at the double plays. Back to what Stanton was doing at the start of the year. Yeah. You know, we say this a million times, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, it's Aaron Boone for you. You know, the analytics book. The analytics say Gardner's better at center. You know, the optics look better. And, uh, you, you know, Stanton, you can't have him get hurt. So he can't run around the field. He's got to be out there to hit the home run. And Stanton hasn't even been hurt since he's played the outfield. And he's played better when he's in the outfield. You would think that that would 
register. No. You see, they suckered you in. It was a ploy. It was a nice, shiny thing they gave to all of you. Oh, Yankee dominance. But it's not to be. And every day, they're just looking more and more like the team that we've seen all year long. Languishing and barely hanging on to a playoff spot by the skin of their teeth. They can ill afford to lose another game. They had to go on that winning streak to get themselves into actual contention. And now they might just play themselves out. When we come back, MLB Top 10. Back after this. We're back to downtown sports. I am the beast of the East, John Imperiente, along with my co-host, the mouth of the South, John Schiavone. I want to thank Chris DeLarge for the special four-piece edition, Greek style. And now we will dive in to our FN, to our MLB top 10, courtesy of our good, great researcher, Mr. Tony Mainville. Now I'll be very interested to see how much has changed on this top 10, if anything much has changed at all. Let's take a look and let's see what the magical top 10 reveals for us today. And here it is as of August 29th, our number 10 team on the top 10. Wait. Huh? Oh, yeah. You forgot about something. Oh, I did. Where can they hear us? You're right. 14 different platforms where you can hear us. Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, and Verbal. 14 platforms, rants, episodes, digital market battle specials every single Tuesday and Wednesday. We are downtown sports. We are where sports come home. You know, all this, uh, God, they need to just fire the GM. uh, Fire Alderson, fire Cashman. It's left us all in a sense of bewilderment. Boggles our mind to this very day. Let's begin. Thanks to Tony Mainville with our top 10. And let's see how much it has changed. Number 10 on our top 10 is the Atlanta Braves. All right. Still where they are. Having a rough series, unfortunately, with the Dodgers. Austin Riley's hitting 474 in his last five games. Max Freed in his last five starts is 4-0 with a 1.36 ERA. And he will go to the mound tonight against Max Scherzer. Hmm. Well, it's a great classic pitcher's duel. I mean, what you everything you'd want in a great matchup. Maybe free Dodgers just better keep winning. Huh? Dodgers just better keep winning. They really do. They're about to catch the Giants. They're only a half a game behind them. The Brewers have given the Giants a, a very good run for their money, and they still have to play each other for one more series later this month. So things can really change on a dime now in the National League West, and it's happening very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if Atlanta but can the Braves. Uh, here's the thing. They're on their big West Coast trip team. That's team that has the advantage right now. Phillies only a couple of games back of the Braves. The Phillies have the weakest remaining schedule left in the majors as well. 
Not good. See if the Phillies can go on a run. The Braves, they need to start keeping their run going. The Mets are beginning to close in a little bit. A bit. Number nine on the top ten, the Oakland A's. Matt Olson, fourth in the American League with a .920 OPS. Frankie Montas, 2-1 and one in his last seven starts with a 2.05 ERA. And Montas, of course, was the man that ended the Yankees' 13-game winning streak. So suddenly here come Oakland. They were struggling for the last couple of weeks, and now the Oakland A's have won their last three in a row. Well. Can they start to make a run at that second wild card, perhaps? Yes. I mean, I don't know why, but I don't think the AL East is sending three representatives to the playoffs this year. Oakland is also only a few games out of for the American League West. They're only about four and a half back of Houston. And they still have a series or two with the Strohs left. So a lot of things can change, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of things can change next. Number eight, the Boston Red Sox. Raphael Devers, second in the American League in RBIs with 96. Chris Sale is 3-0 and since he's come off the IL. But the Red Sox continue to scuffle. They're now battling a COVID outbreak. Chunks of the team now are sick. Xander Bogarts now just had to leave the game the other day after a positive test. And this is the worst time of the year if you're Boston now to have something like this happen to them. Everybody thinks COVID's over. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's about- incredible what's happened to Boston over the last half of this year. They were cruising in the first half. They looked unhittable, unbeatable. And then it's the their pitching. Everybody off. knew. Everybody knew it was going to be their pitching. That was their downfall. They even can't with pitch. Sale coming back. Even now with Sale back. Yep. The rest of the staff just uh, they just kind of fell off to where we expected them to be at the beginning of the year. But I, I'm shocked it's to this extent that they've fallen off. It's a little bit alarming, actually, when you look at it. I mean, like I said, I don't think you're going to see two representatives out of the AL East in the playoffs this year. I, th- I think you're going to see about two. That's it. Well, we're about to see what's going to happen with the Red Sox, and are they going to possibly lose that second wild card? It's not looking good for them. Number seven on the top ten, and it's another team that was flying high for the last two weeks and now have come down to earth in a big way. The Yankees are number seven on the top ten. Aaron Judge doing his job. He's hitting 571 in his last five games. Two home runs, seven RBIs. Too bad four of them have been losses. Garrett Cole is 3-0 with a .51 ERA in his last three starts. Cole takes the mound tonight to try to avoid a sweep. Yeah, he had better be the stopper. And he needs to be. Because right now the Yankees can't seem to find a way to get out of their own way. Double plays are back. The inconsistent lineup is back. We said it all in the last segment. I mean, why is Giancarlo Stanton the DH again? Why? Why? It absolutely boggles my mind. Why? Well, let's see. Hold on. Mouth analytics book. We're going we're gonna to look up my analytics book here. Here we go. Uh, Here's what it says. It says, put him in the outfield, you morons. That's literally what it says right there. Plain English. So simple. Just do what the numbers told you to do when you were winning 13 in a row. Yeah. You've gone away from what worked. You took that kid Velasquez out of the lineup who's been hitting and was a great energy guy on the bases. And now he's coming off the bench. You sat Luke Voigt when he should be the aging. Mm-hmm. He's coming off the bench the last couple of games. Why? So now we lose one game. So that Brett Gardner can play center. 
Not saying Brett Gardner options. can't play the outfield, but Brett Gardner is 38 years old. He's can, can we just stop with this? And, and, and why isn't Judge the center fielder? Why is Stanton not out there? Why? Why? Why, why is Voight not the DH? Why? Because the numbers don't tell Aaron Boone to do so. It's crazy. The numbers are lying to you, Aaron. They're lying. Next. Number six on the top ten, the Chicago White Sox. Jose Abreu leading Major League Baseball with now 102 RBIs. Dylan Cease, 4-0 with a 2.85 ERA in his last seven starts. This is the team to watch out for. Unfortunately, though, the White Sox did suffer two bad injuries to their starting rotation. Mm. Lucas Giolito had to leave his start last night. Lance Lynn got placed on the IL. Mm -mm. So suddenly now, two of the big arms in the White Sox rotation are hurt. And who knows if... Who knows Good thing they have the be. month of September to recover and get ready for the playoffs. They do have the month, but you, you have to hope these injuries are not severe. On top of that, Tim Anderson got put on the IL as well. He's been having a leg injury for the last little while. So it's time for the month of September for the White Sox to rest up because there's no one in that central that's anywhere close No, at all. But you want to um, have a good finish to the month. You don't want to go into the playoffs limping. That's something you never want. Agreed, but at this point... Uh, they could afford to have a few guys on the IL. They could afford to see who's going to round out their playoff roster. Larusa is going to be approaching the month of September differently than other managers. Yes. Now he knows how to manage Larusa. I've never denied. I've never doubted him. And you know, you it's know. kind of funny. He took a Cardinals team that played so bad in September and down the stretch. Everybody thought they were going to be out in round one. They went all the way to win the World Series with a record of eighty-three and seventy-eight. So, like I said, yeah, Larus is fine. Okay. They'll know what to do come playoff time. Next, number five on the top ten is the Houston Astros. The Astros did get back Alex Bregman, which was a nice addition back into their lineup. And Jordan Alvarez is leading the team with twenty-eight home runs, eighty-eight RBIs. Zach Ranky now has reached his thirteenth season with at least ten wins. So the Astros are still where they are right now, still ahead in the West. Been kind of playing a little up and down. They have not played great against some weaker teams. Of, of Look, late. that four-game lead is becoming more and more comfortable the less games remain. Remember, though, Oakland is still there. Oakland is not out of this, and the Astros still have a few games with the A's left. And those could be very pivotal games, even though the Astros have dominated the season series versus Oakland this year. The Oakland A's are not going away. The Astros still have to take care of the business in the West. The Mariners are still hanging in there, even though they did, and they just took a bad loss to them last night. The Mariners are still there. They have a, they will have games left with them too. So Houston should not take these remaining games as if they're nothing. Yeah, agreed. No Here's the problem. What he's doing. Here's the problem with the Astros, though. Yes. All year long, they've been inconsistent. They'll go on stretches where they're unbelievable. And then they'll go on stretches that make you scratch your head and make you wonder how they ever won a baseball game at all. So the Astros and the Yankees are in the very same boat here, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. These are two teams that, when hot, are unbeatable. But when they're not, they can be picked off. <sighs> Let's just hope it don't happen to the Strohs before the season ends. We'll see. Number four on the top 10, the Milwaukee Brewers. 
Christian Yelich hitting 375, nine for 24 in his last seven games. He's looking Corbin like the Burns, old Yelich. Yeah. Corbin Burns, 2 0 with a 1.670 array in his last four starts. The Brewers have really made a statement taking the first two games from the Giants, a team that has been the powerhouse in that National League. And the Brewers really have come in there and shown the Giants they're not going to be messed with. Woodruff shut them down the other night. Their lineup can hit when you don't, ex- can just create offense really kind of like the Giants, out of nowhere. Mm. And now here the Brewers are. They could sweep the Giants, and suddenly the Dodgers could overtake the Giants. You know, we always wondered, what would the Giants do against the class of the NL? Mm. It's September now. You're going to see them playing the Dodgers. Still got more games against the Brewers left. You've got games against the Padres. So if I were a betting man, mm-hmm. I would bet that the Giants are in danger. Big time danger. I would bet that they're not winning that division. In fact, a lot of experts had them at this point. They said Giants and Dodgers would be tied around now. By the end of the year, Dodgers would be about three or four games up. And now we're getting to that conjunction of the season. And here come, in addition to that, the Brewers, who have really begun to show the world how dangerous of a team they could be in the playoffs when everybody's healthy. Look, they could pitch better than anybody else in the National League right now. They can go deep. And they're hitting on par with the rest with the rest of the top teams in the league. Yeah. I think this could be an AL Central versus an NL Central World Series. The Brewers, who have never won a World Series. That would be amazing, I, wouldn't it? I think it'd be great. We've really been seeing it over the years with teams that have not won a title in years, and they've been winning the World Series. This has been the millennium of breaking curses. Yeah. We've spent the past 20 years breaking the Red Sox curse, breaking the Chicago Cubs curse. Maybe it's time for the Brewers to win their first World Series. And how nice it would be being that Milwaukee, the Bucks won the NBA Finals. You don't think that's not inspiring the Brewers to do the same thing? If they Can't could snap a streak, City. now it's emboldening the Brewers to think, hey, maybe we can do it too. Championship City. Just saying. Let's go to number three on the top 10, and it's the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, so I think they should be higher than three right now. The agreed. Rays have won eight in a row. The Rays are blowing every team out of the water in the American. You know what? You know what position I think the Rays should be in? Number one. Correct. Because here's why. Please. The Dodgers are not a first place team. I can't put them in number one. Although they're only half a game out from being a first place team. True. And I can't put the Giants at one because they just lost two games in a row to the number four ranked team on the top 10. The Giants did just lose to the Brewers. Yeah, they did. So to me, it's sort of looking like the list should have evolved into Tampa being one, but maybe next week. We'll see. We'll see. But the Rays are, are no are no joke, guys. Joey Wendell's hitting 500 in his last five games, eight for 16. Shane McClanahan has been a staple in this rotation now with a 2.76 ERA in his last five starts. The Rays are also going to call up another former Yankee farmhand now that rosters expand today on September 1st. David Robertson will make his return to Major League Baseball as a member of the Rays. Wow. 
Wow. That's right. So Tommy Hunter from the Mets is in that bullpen. And now David Robertson comes out of nowhere being in the minors. Well, he he pitched in the Olympics earlier this year for the United States. And of course, teams were going to take a look at him and see if maybe uh, we could use him down the stretch. You figure he's there. Why not? And we've seen what David Robertson can do. We've seen him in big playoff moments. We've seen him in big games. We know what he's capable of doing. You imagine now he pitches for the Rays and could be a part of that pen late in games. Uh, Matt, uh, uh, forget late in games. Imagine you're bullpenning a game and your starter is David Robertson. Yeah, give you two innings right there with his fastball and curveball. A lot of ways this can go for the Rays here. I don't know how when they lose starters, they manage to just somehow replace them. Doesn't matter. They constantly have interchangeable parts. It's insane. And they don't even need to score a lot of runs. That's the scary part. The real part now is Wander Franco is beginning to take off now as if that couldn't be any, couldn't make this Rays team more dangerous. The Rays are just packed with prospects in, in their farm and they just constantly have people ready to go. It's, it's crazy how good this team really is. Number two on our top 10. Well, I think we can guess who number two is. It's the Dodgers. Trey Turner leading the National League and batting average 323, stolen bases with 26. Max Scherzer 4-0 with a 1.55 ERA and five starts. And the Dodgers now are on the precipice of overtaking the Giants. They could sweep Atlanta tonight. Scherzer on the mound against Max Freed. And I believe the season series favors the Dodgers, no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This could really... uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Atlanta. You know, we we talked about Atlanta. Yes, they went on a great run of late, but not having Acuna Jr., not having Soroka, is that going to eventually catch up with them? Maybe now this is where it starts catching up with them. Yes, I agree. I told everybody the Phillies were the team to look out for in the NL East. Well, let's see what happens. The Phillies still have a few meetings with Atlanta left. I know they have a couple meetings left with the Mets, and they have a few meetings really to go with the uh, – they, they're finishing up their season series tonight with the Nationals. So the Phillies have already won that series hands down. So the Phillies still have a week schedule for in their favor remaining, and they could really start to run the gauntlet here True. in these last 30. Well, number one we know is the Giants. Uh, but this number might one. be the last team, last week that they're number one. They've been number one for literally half the year. About And the other team that was number one for about half the year was Tampa. Dodgers. Now it was Tampa. Oh, Tampa Bay, yeah. We had Tampa, Tampa at number one of, for a long Tampa time. Tampa fell a little bit. I'm surprised they still haven't moved to one at this stage. But maybe next week that all changes. Maybe. Uh, it depends on what the Giants do. If the Giants stay in first, I mean, as long as they have the best record of baseball and they're in first place, they're number one. Um, but right now, the Rays look untouchable. And right now, both of them and the Rays are tied for the best record in baseball are the Rays and the Giants. And with that, That ends this top 10, and that ends this edition of Downtown Sports. I'd like to thank our producer, Girl Friday, a.k.a. Tanya Williams. I'd like to thank Krista Large. I'd like to thank Tony Mainville. Beast, where can they hear us? We're available on 14 different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn. Pod Bay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, and Verbal. We have rants. 
episodes, digital market battle specials every Tuesday, Wednesday. In fact, we have a digital market battle special coming up very, very soon. Yes. The Birdman, Iron Eagle, will join us to discuss the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Jets and the NFL season coming up. Well, yeah, especially the Jets because uh, he called their, all three of their preseason games, no? And he had a very good eye of the new Jet regime. Maybe we so have to see what this Jet team can do this year. Maybe they could do something very special. So we're going to learn all about what the Jets could possibly do this season from the great Birdman. Also, mm-hmm. we will have an NFL episode coming out this week as well. Our second edition of a two-a-day. Yes. A new segment that we've introduced this past week. And today, we're going to be looking at the Southern Divisions. The AFC and NFC South. Oh, the nerdy South. That should be interesting. But until then, but until then, for the beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente, I'm the mouth of the South, John Schiavone, saying we're out. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.